Today's the second day of February 2024. Welcome to the Chapter 49 podcast. We're already into a second month of 2024 as time continues to go by. Uh, We want to welcome you to our podcast. We thank you for joining us and taking a little time out of your valuable schedule to uh, listen or watch. Uh, My name is Larry Lannon. I'm a volunteer with Chapter 49, dealing with communication issues. Chapter 49 represents most IRS employees in the state of Indiana. And I want to welcome Duncan Giles, our chapter president, back to the podcast. It's been a couple of weeks just because of the way the calendar has fallen, but it's uh, good to have you back, Duncan. Thanks, Larry. As always, it's good to be here. So, um... Yeah, we're in we're into February already. Where has the time gone? I got to tell you something, Duncan. It's 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 pretty amazing the sorts of issues that come up nationally, you know, the stories that kind of go viral. One of them has to do with Elmo. Have you been following this Elmo story? I must have missed it. Elmo sent out a Twitter, excuse me, an X message on, I guess they still call them tweets, just basically going out uh, on the Elmo X account. Hey, how is everybody doing? I guess they got 170 million responses. (laughs) And some of the people aren't doing very well. (laughs) And Elmo then had to apologize and tell people that it's okay. And then the second thing that happened, you know who Larry David is? Yep. Uh, If you don't know who Larry David is, he's been a a comedy writer in in Hollywood for years. He's had his own HBO show. Let's just put it this way. He has a certain kind of comedy. Some people love, other people can't stand it. But he has a certain kind of comedy, a long-running show on HBO, which is about to start their last season. Well, he went on the Today Show recently to promote that. Just so happens that Elmo was also on the show. And I don't even think he was supposed to interact with Elmo. So what did Larry David do? He runs over to the Elmo puppet and tries to strangle it. (laughs) The whole thing blew up so badly during the commercial break that the Today Show director basically ordered David to look into the camera and apologize for strangling the Elmo puppet. What, what, where, where have we come to, Duncan? And and there you go. That's that's you know his character in uh, Seinfeld. George Costanza was based on Larry David, and that would be about par for an episode of that. <laughs> yes, nothing like pitching a sit- situation comedy to a producer and a network. And they ask you what it's about, and they say nothing. And then it becomes one of the most popular comedies in the history of TV. Let's uh, move off of uh, levity and get to serious subjects. NTEU is is a large organization. We, As a union, we represent tens of thousands of employees throughout the federal government. And, and we have quite a, a national structure. Our chapters, uh, you're a chapter president. That's the backbone of, of, the, of the NTEU structure. There is a national uh, executive committee, of which Susan Wright from Indiana is a part of that. Uh, and then there are two top people at NTEU. There's the national president, who is Doreen Greenwald. Then we have an executive vice president, the number two person uh, in the organization. 
really the day before we record this, something has been going on with that situation. Duncan, I would like you just to kind of plainly and, and simply explain what's happening uh, at the national level with the executive vice president position for NTEU. Well, as members got a uh, email from Doreen Greenwald last night, our national president, Doreen Greenwald, who is a huge believer in transparency and giving people information. Apparently, our uh, now former national executive vice president put something out on social media that was um, not inclusive. Um, I have no idea what it was, haven't seen it, haven't heard it, anything of that nature. Um, and But she made the decision based on the content of whatever this was uh, that she asked for and received his resignation. And I just, I just want to say, you know, NTU is, is a, as you said, it's a large organization backbone with a lot of president, you know, chapter presidents, chapter vice presidents, stewards, things of that nature. And we all make this up and it builds up to that top of the pyramid. NTU is going to remain strong because of this. NTU is still here. It was here yesterday, it was here today, and it's going to be here tomorrow to help employees and do what we need to do. You know, this, you know, what's going to happen um, with the national vice president's situation, they will be having an election uh, to uh, replace him on Mooney. Um, you know, who's going to be nominated, who's going to be voted on, who's going to be running, have no clue at this point. But I'm sure that there will be some uh, a great candidate or candidates because we got a lot of great people here at NTU, and um, you know, I'm sure that we will continue to do the work that we need to do, which is basically help the federal employees. So let me just uh, kind of ask a, a nuts and bolts question here. Normally, this is the kind of thing that's voted on at a national convention once every four. There's a convention every two years. Every four years, there's a an election for these two top national office uh, uh, positions. So tell us a little more detail exactly how the the process will work to replace uh, Anand Muni. Yeah, what I'm what it'll be is going out to chapter delegates, and those delegates are the ones who would be at convention. Uh, just depends on what your structure is and what your chapter bylaws say. Um, you know, for example, for chapter forty nine, it would be the uh, president, myself, and our vice president, Gail Groves, who will be doing the voting. Now, is this going to be done by mail, electronic? You know, we don't know. It's not going to be a super quick process because there's going to be, um, you know, guidelines set out for nominations, acceptances, things of that nature. These are not uh, quick processes in this type of thing. So it could be a few months uh, before we know the outcome. But like I said, I just want to stress to everybody that you know, when you see something like this happen, it's sad, you know, for everybody concerned. But it's something that we roll on with. You know, NTU has lost great leaders in the past, leaders who have gone on, you know, a lot of people who have retired that were stalwarts of the organization. Your Bob Tobiases, your Colleen Kellys, your Tony Reardons, your Jim Baileys. You know, those folks have retired and gone on. Um, and, you know, NTU has remained strong, and it will continue to remain strong. So that's the message I want to make sure that the members understand. 
I think that's a good explanation. So it will be several months, and, and we uh, on this podcast and also on our, our, our Facebook page, we will continue to update people on news about this. So we'll, when we know who the candidates will be and, and, and some more details on the process, how long it will take. So there'll be a process, be it electronic, postal service, however it's going to be done. But the same people who vote as delegates at the convention will be voting on, on this this office, correct? That is correct. That is the way it'll be done. Okay. So when we know more, we'll let you know. I think Duncan's explained everything that we he and I know at this point. And so we'll we'll just leave it at that and, and move on. Uh, NTEU has announced uh, uh, a free fall program with a a, 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 syst- a system a company that uh, does software for tax filing, Tax Slayer. Uh, there, there's a free file program for members of NTEU if your adjusted gross income is under 79000 Now, this is a little bit odd because uh, you think, well, it, doesn't it depend on your filing status? Well, in many instances it does. In this instance, and it's the IRS that set this rule, that 79000 AGI applies to all filing statuses, whether it's married, filing, joint, Single, married, filing, separate, head of household, you name it, uh, that same figure does apply. So tell us more about what NTEU was offering its members here, Duncan. Yeah, this is one where we've been a, uh, you know, this has been several years that we've been doing this uh, with a company called TaxLayer. And if your adjusted gross income, as you said, is under 79000 whether you are doing it as head of household, single, married filing separately, or married filing jointly, any of the four filing statuses, you know, you're going to have to be under 79000 which, as you said, is an interesting constraint because it's usually expanded for folks who file married filing jointly, but in this case, it is not. And this would allow you to basically electronically file your taxes um, for free. Now, this is different than the program, the pilot program that's being set up where the IRS is doing it directly. Um, and that those folks in those states who are eligible should have already received employees who are eligible, should have already received emails on this pilot program about their eligibility. If you didn't receive that email, uh, that means that your state is either not participating or, you know, they chose not to participate. Basically, they're not participating. And there are only certain states that are. Indiana, for example, is one that does not. So that's different than what this is. This is open to any uh, any IRS employee for you know going into this. If your adjusted gross income is less than seventy nine thousand, you'll be able to file both your federal and I believe your state of Indiana tax uh, return for free. So that's uh, something that's been offered before. It's going to be offered again. And uh, if you have any questions, let uh, any uh, NTU official know in Indiana, Duncan or one of his stewards or whichever chapter you may be associated with if you're listening elsewhere in the country. But uh, it is, uh, it's been offered before, and it's going to be offered again through the, uh, uh, through the company called Tax Slayer. And uh, it uh, that software will be able to be used to... to file your taxes free state and federal that's a very big benefit to electronically file both through a professional software company let's move on well duncan we always like to give updates on the budget and the uh, 
possibility of a well, government. Well, we give updates on the budget. I don't know how much we like it. We uh, and and well, sometimes it's what 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 can you say? I mean, <laughs> Congress has now kicked that can down the road into March again. It's a two-tiered system. IRS is the second part of that tier, but regardless, we have two different deadlines now in March. You would think with all these deadlines coming and going, that Congress would be ready to move and get these uh, all of these budget bills done. Not only is there not much movement, Congress has already scheduled another two weeks off during this period, right? Yep, they are, both the House and the Senate have slightly different schedules, but both of them are scheduling a two-week uh, recess to go back home during the President's Day holiday. You know, I, silly me, I thought President's Day was one day, but apparently it's good enough for a two-week holiday. That's just me. Um, but yeah, they need to, again, we strongly urge them to get in gear. Our guest last week, you know, Dan Casper, when he was on, talked about, you know, who, who raised your hand if you, you thought it was, you know, that this was going to be a shutdown. And I, of course, raised my hand because I just, I have no faith in them being able to pass both the House and the Senate to pass appropriations bills that'll be acceptable to the other chamber. And I'm worried about that, of course, this time as well. And we may do another, who knows, we may do another continuing resolution, because it doesn't look, like you said, that we're going anywhere fast with the appropriations process uh, right now, which is par for the course, unfortunately. And and really, there's a lot at stake here. Uh, the law, what's at stake is not only keeping the government running, but what will the final numbers be for the budget bills? And, and IRS is certainly, uh, as an agency, has an interest in that. Yeah, yeah, big one. We, we'd kind of like to know what our budget is going to be, have some uh, interest in that. You know, a lot of things worry it's tough to budget overtime for folks who are in accounts management on the phone or, say, in uh, taxpayer advocate in TAS or working the counters in our taxpayer assistance centers because we don't have a budget. So, okay, how are we going to be able to know how much money we're going to have down the line for the rest of the year? So it, there are a lot of moving parts in this, you know, and it also can impact hiring. Now, the IRA that passed uh, two years ago has helped us uh, for hiring, but we still need a budget to be able to continue to pay folks and things of that nature. So, yes, we absolutely cannot live on continuing resolutions and need a budget for, you know, certainty on where we're going to be going through the rest of the fiscal year. But there's another part of this, Duncan, and I don't fully understand it. I've read about it some. But going all the way back to the deal that uh, previous Speaker Kevin McCarthy made with President Biden, which is still in place, and I, which, which uh, would do this if there is not a budget in place fairly soon, draconian cuts will happen all throughout the budget, including you know budgets like defense. So it would... It would uh, how should I put it? Gore everybody's ox. It would just it would do a damage to everybody's favorite budget proposals and, and areas of the budget. So that is something nobody wants. But if this goes on too long, 
it could happen that way. So I, it seems to me that it's time to get moving on on these budget bills. Your thoughts? You are absolutely correct. And that's the why it was set up to be draconian cuts, to be very, very painful if Congress was not able to do their work in something that uh, the White House could sign off on. And right now, they're not doing that. So if you end up with these cuts, there are going to be certain individuals in the Congress who are going to be happy because um, they seem to want to not get to any sort of budget deal and would rather close everything down, which just boggles my mind. But the vast majority of representatives and senators that we have are saying, you know, we need to get this done. We need to find, you know, common ground where we can have, you know, get our budgets passed so we do not have these huge cuts that, you know, people go, well, it just sounds like a small percentage cut. You start taking that, that look at that, and as you said, that's going to be very draconian. And that's going to be painful, and there are going to be a lot of cuts that nobody really wants to deal with. So they need to get themselves together and and get the appropriations, uh, reasonable appropriations, passed. And again, the deadlines are into March now, and uh, we'll let you know if there's any activity. There certainly isn't anything to report as of today. So that's where we stand on the budget. Not much has happened. Other than getting continuing resolution done, of course. Let's talk about something else. Uh, NTEU has been very instrumental in convincing a, a group of people in the Congress to put a proposal forward, a concrete proposal called the FAIR Act, F-A-I-R, FAIR Act. And this FAIR Act would propose a, a raise for federal employees, an average raise for 2025, of 7.4%. That would be by far one of the biggest raises that the federal employees have had in a very long time. Now, it's a great idea. We've pushed for it. Whether there is enough overall support in the Congress to do this, we don't know. We do know it's an uphill battle. Duncan, uh, your thoughts on this FAIR Act proposal? Yeah, this is one of those things, and um, grateful to... Congressman Conley and uh, Senator Shantz, along with all the, I believe it's 49 co-sponsors in the House, all uh, one party, unfortunately, we wish it would be bipartisan, to try and make sure that the pay for federal government employees is going to be able to keep federal government employees and make it an attractive place to work. And, you know, they've, they've gone and they've taken a look, and this is, you know, the FAIR Act, measures, you know, the pay versus what the private sector is getting and trying to come up with this fair number. And this would be something like uh, 4% for uh, uh, base, and then the rest is going to be locality pay. Um, I would love to see this pass. I think it's going to be an uphill battle in this Congress, but that doesn't mean that both NTU nationally and locally and folks um, that are out there listening and viewing shouldn't be contacting their congressperson or senator asking them to support this because, you know, we all want to make sure that we get paid a fair wage for the complex and difficult jobs that all the federal employees, especially at the IRS, do. And as I understand it, this 7.4% figure that uh, that's being pushed right here is being pushed for a specific reason. It's a way of trying to keep people sort of even, maybe just a little bit ahead of inflation. 
uh, inflation and the private sector uh, pay. You know, they combine the two because, yes, inflation is going down, but the, you know, price of wages is still going up. Um, you know, new jobs being created is still going up, which is driving up wages. So we want to make sure that the federal government is competitive. There is an awful lot of work that the federal government does that needs to be done. I would say all of it. So we want to make sure that we attract the best and the brightest that we can. And we need to be having things like wages be competitive so that we can continue to do that. So NTU is doing everything as an agency. We would urge you, if you are in of like mind, I would think, think you would if you work for a, the federal government, to uh, uh, let your elected officials, your two senators and member of Congress, know how you feel about this. Let's update on something else. We did uh, talk to Dan Casper about this a couple of weeks ago, nearly, uh, on the midterm negotiations. To remind people, uh, national contracts are five years, and halfway through, at two and a half years, there's midterm bargaining. Each side can bring up so many issues. Uh, That has been going on now for a number of months, and right now we're in something called mediation. Explain what that means. Yeah, what it what it boils down to at this point is when you have uh, management and NTU not able to agree fully on all of the items, whatever items are remaining goes before what's called a mediator slash fact finder. And their job is to try and bring the parties together to try and say, okay, can you give a little on this so you can get this? Can you try and move a little bit more towards this so we can get this taken care of? And there's still a few issues um, that are outstanding that have gone to this process this week. We do not yet have an update on exactly where we stand, um, but I get the sense that it's uh, there's still some things that we're pretty far apart, far apart on. And again, the, the issues that we're looking at, for the most part, are increasing the awards amount pool. Right now, it's a percent; it's two percent of salaries and we're working on increasing that, which would increase the amount of awards that folks get. Uh, we want to basically eliminate the 200-mile geographic uh, limit for telework so people can live further away. They still have to come into the office twice a pay period because the IRS uh, is not going for POD as home. We're trying, and there's a pilot out there, uh, but right now it's not going to be widespread as much as we'd like it to be. And the IRS is really pushing on, you know, wanting to do more in the desk sharing slash hoteling to reduce space, to reduce rent. And uh, we're opposed to the way that they're going about it, let's say. So those those are the big outstanding issues that I know of that are still out there. And hopefully we'll have some uh, information on resolution on those, uh, hopefully by our next podcast. So just for people who are not familiar with this process, sort of explain how this works. Okay, NTU has certain positions, management has certain positions. You negotiate, you give and take, and you're still not at an agreement. You have mediation. What does the mediation do? Just kind of tell us how that process works. Um, The media, it's basically... Uh, for those of you who are familiar with the term shuttle diplomacy, that's exactly what it is. Uh, the mediator will go to one room, which will hold one party, 
and then, you know, get their information where their head is at, what they're looking at, and then come over to the second party and talk to them and see where their head is at and see if they can come up with something that might be amenable. Uh, if, is there a deal to be made there? Because at the end of the day, what will happen is if there is no agreement, then the fact finder is the one who's going to make the decision. And, you know, it may be something that neither party wants. So it's in the party's best interest, both parties' best interest, to try and find something while the mediator is going back and forth. And oftentimes, depending upon how the mediator is phrasing things, uh, you can pretty well figure out where they're leaning at, going towards, to try and come up with the best possible solution uh, for the side you represent and for you know, national and to you, it's going to be, you know, the best thing for employees that we can get. Yeah, and I think it's good to point that out. The reason I asked you to do that is that there is an interest for both parties to get an agreement because if a fact finder or a third party comes up with the answer, neither party may like that. And then you're stuck with it. You know, you, you, you had a chance to agree, couldn't do it. So that third party says, okay, I'm going to split the difference and here's how I see it. And you may not see it that way and it may not be the best thing for for employees management or whatever so thanks for uh, spelling that out for people i think uh, it's important to know just a little more about how that process works and either side could still appeal but you know sometimes that's not the best thing to do either you, even, you come up with a worse answer sometimes doing that either side i want to just mention something very quickly you know we at irs have been represented by nteu for a very long time and in another number of other agencies, you know, such as DHS and, and you know, uh, Border Protection, that kind of thing. But um, Federal Housing Finance Agency has just joined the NTEU family. And I think it should be noted that NTEU has just now begun negotiations with that agency on a national contract. So it's good to see uh, more people in the NTEU family uh, receiving the benefits that we can uh, provide employees with the national contract. Yep. And this is one of those things where uh, a lot of times employees of this agency reach out to national NTU and say, Hey, look, we've heard great things about you guys. We'd really like to be represented by you. Then NTU has certain ways that they have to go about in assisting them. And a lot of the work is done by the employees of a particular agency to elect uh, to be represented by somebody like NTU. And then, like you said, once we represent them, we're, we're going in. And that's part of the understanding, too. If you, know, if you represent us, will you get us a contract or, or take a look at our contract and do you think it can be improved? And, you know, we, we have a lot of very good contracts out there. Um, I, I can tell you straight off that the contract between the IRS and uh, NTU is looked at as one of the models for the federal government for agencies out there because of the way it's structured and the um, benefits that it gives the employees. Is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. Neither side gets everything they want. That's that's a negotiation. That's, that's how it happens. But very happy to see that we get uh, yet another uh, agency that has said, hey, look, you know, we recognize NTU good, is doing well doing good work and we want to be uh we want to be a member of that and part of that yeah it so should we're be, happy to welcome yeah it should be noted that there is an election in the workplace and people who are employees of that agency make the decision through an election process 
Okay, Duncan, your final comment. My final comment today is going to be very brief. We're here on February 2nd, which, of course, is Groundhog Day. And all I can tell you is Oxitani Phil is a rodent. He's not a meteorologist. This is a, uh, this is something new? <laughs> it's not something new, oh, okay. but it's like some people are like, oh, I know there's going to be six more weeks of summer or six more weeks of winter or you know, six more weeks of winter or summer, spring's going to be coming sooner because of what you know the groundhog said. No, no, that's just wrong. <laughs> well, it, a rodent. it all started in this place called Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. And they had this big celebration. They have bands playing, and it's like a big party, and the groundhog's there, and it, like it's what it's, I think it's 8.58 a.m. I can't remember what the exact time is, local time. They let the groundhog out and determine whether the groundhog has seen his shadow. Now, did you know the whether— The of Pennsylvania was there today, yes, if I, that tells you anything. Yeah, and then New York City has their own version of it. The mayor—I mean, it's just amazing. So— uh, do you know whether or not, I mean, I know this is, you've been waiting with bated breath. Do you know whether or not the groundhog saw his shadow today, Duncan? He did not see his shadow, yes. so therefore it's supposed to be in early spring, which means we'll probably be having a horrendous uh, thunder snowstorm any day. Well, has anybody ever actually done a study to see how accurate Punxsutawney Phil is? I, I don't think anybody's ever bothered, so <laughs> why would you bother, I guess? It would, it would spoil the party in Punxsutawney, I guess. Yep. Oh, well. Any, uh, anyway, uh, my p final comment is pretty quick. I just want everybody to watch your health. I've had some health issues lately. Uh, COVID's going around. I hope you're vaccinated. If not, I hope you choose to do so. It's at your choice, of course. Uh, it certainly helped me in terms of uh, recovering from COVID here recently when I got exposed to it for a second time. My wife, the same way. There's some great medicines out there to treat it now, uh, as opposed to when I had it before, when there were very few treatments and was very fortunate to get through it. So watch your health. Be careful when you're out there in crowds and so forth. Uh, and uh, just take care of your health. Uh, and enjoy uh, good health as best you can. And thank you, Duncan Giles, once again, for being with us on our Chapter 49 podcast. Uh, we do this every week or so. We, we uh, pretty much do done it weekly with a few occasional uh, hiccups here and there. Uh, we do appreciate the fact that you watch, listen. If you know other people that might uh, get something out of this podcast, let them know, send them the link. And uh, Duncan, if you send him a, an email through internal IRS email, he'll send you links every time we have a new one. In the meantime, please be safe and be kind. <laughs>